Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. So happy to bring you part two of our special summer weekend edition on spiritual growth and spiritual formation. We were talking with author Michelle McCarthy, her recent book, Shattered, Stirred and Shaken, Living the Book of Acts, her journey from here to there. In part one, we heard Michelle's really amazing story of how her relationship to the Holy Spirit took a major growth point in her life. And it was very helpful and informative. And it just reacquainted me with that third person of the Trinity. And I sure hope it did so for you. Today, we hear another part of Michelle's spiritual growth journey had a lot to do with two specific diagnoses physically in her life. One was with SAD, seasonal affect disorder, but another more peculiar one that really arrested my attention. I thought we have got to let people know about this was something called MTHFR mutation. I'm going to say that one more time. MTHFR mutation. And it's an inability for your body to convert the B9 vitamin, which is folate. And the affect of that is that it affects your moods. And so Michelle was awakened to that perhaps some of her emotional and mental health struggles were actually physically related, which is a huge part of the work that I do in my private practice, the Heartlift practice. There is a saliva test, which um, we will give you a link in the show notes. And then the beautiful part of helping with that is that you can take a methylated vitamin uh, B9 of folate. So we'll leave all that in the show notes. But if you have further questions or like, wow, this sounds familiar, I'm going to ask you just to inquire and ask Michelle. She has graciously offered to answer any and all questions you might have. She's just a great woman and I'm so grateful for her availability and her vulnerability here. So are you ready? Here we go. Part two with Michelle McCarthy. Another experience that you journeyed from here to there, Michelle, which is, it's such a brave story. I love it so much. I've read it several times already. Uh, is as a young girl, you experienced seasonal affect disorder, which we know as SAD. And with that comes depression, other things. How old were you when you maybe recognized it or maybe noticed that you were seasonally depressed? I don't think I realized it till I was an adult. Yeah. Until I finally got some help and realized, oh, wow, wow, that's That's what Yeah. Yeah. It's confusing. It is. It is. But it could also be tied to the fact that I finally found out that um, I have uh, it's called MTHFR mutation, yes. which is the inability for the body to convert folic acid, the B9 vitamin. Mm-hmm. And that affects your mood. It affects your mood. And so if I've been dealing with that my whole life, that could have played a role in that. But I didn't find that out till about five years ago. Oh my gosh. And I want, I've wanted so desperately for you to offer that information to the community because what if that's someone else's issue? So say it again slowly. That will be in the show notes. Mm -hmm. I will give you links. Michelle will offer up any links that are helpful too. And if anyone has a question, they can contact me when you give them their information. It's called M 
THFR mutation. It's an inability to convert folic acid or a B9 to be used in your body, which can eventually it will start causing mental health issues and, and mood disorders. Right. And they, they can do a little swab test to find out about it. And then the beauty is, is that you can get methylated vitamins that solve that problem. I so that. I currently have found a vitamin that I like better. It's, it's actually a liquid. Perfect. Um, we'll put that link in there because that's, that's liquid gold, pun intended yes. Yes. to, to have tried and true and proven uh, right. treatments and helps for people. So I just feel so grateful because I feel like your, your story is going to help someone. Good. I hope it yeah. does. I know. So that led though, that journey, and of course you're just saying five years ago, but one of the toughest journeys that I, I have read and you and I've talked about is that journey of that faith struggle with someone who has depression, someone who perhaps even has a folic deprived depression, um, struggles as a faith follower of Jesus Christ to take Mm -hmm. antidepressants, to take SSRIs, you know, to take traditional meds, you really struggled with that. And Mm -hmm. so share with us a little bit of that journey from here to there in your life. You know, I think, um, from childhood up until I was probably in my kids were in high school time period. And so, um, I just finally felt like I needed something. There was just something wrong mm-hmm. and I could not pinpoint it. And I am generally just a happy go lucky, want to get things done kind of person, project person. And I finally just thought something is just not right. So I ended up going to the doctor and talking about it and trying depression medication. I had not researched it that much. I did not know that much about it. I didn't realize that a lot of times it's a lifetime. Right. Yeah. Uh, decision, you know, so I did get on the medication, but you get on the medication, you start feeling good, you're everything's going good, years go by and you think, okay, I'm good. I can get off the medication. I don't need medication. I'm a Christian. I'm good. You know, I know. Get off the medication, which I don't think I'm on your own. On my own. own. (laughs) Slowly though. I did not Mm -hmm. just like stop. I backed off of it slowly. So I would never have done that, but um, I don't think I've met anyone who's been on it, who hasn't tried to get off of it. So anyway, I did get off of it. Things were okay. And then several months into it, I started, you know, with those feelings again, with feeling the sadness and the, and the despair and and a weird, a weird uh, side effect for me was feeling guilt for nothing, for nothing, absolutely nothing. Just like, you know, just like the devil's just slamming it on you. You're worthless. You're, you shouldn't have said that you shouldn't have done this. And and so that was something that piled on to me. And so I just decided I tried vitamins. I tried everything I knew to do other than depression medication. And what's the difference between taking a vitamin and depression medication? I don't know, but for me, there was a difference. But I went back to the doctor, you know, sucked in my pride and she put me back on the same medication I'd been on. Um, but at the same dose I'd been on, mm-hmm. just never even thought about it. Took it. I always took it, oh. at night. took it that night and boom, in the middle of the night, my eyes are just like, pop, and I'm, <sighs> my body's shaking. 
my brain is shaking. I feel like I've entered twilight zone, the twilight zone. Seriously. I'm like, what in the world? And I didn't sleep for gosh, for weeks after that, my body just, it just crashed. And so was that because it was like, you went from the tapering off to just zapping and going to that full strength again. Yes. My doctor prescribed it that way. Right. What she said, and it Mm -hmm. never even anyway, didn't cross your mind, did not cross my mind. So at that point, I really wasn't dealing with depression. At that point, I was dealing with shaking all the time with not being able to eat, with not being able to read my Bible, with not being, I mean, just basically, could I put one foot in front of the other, please? You know, and, and it was so debilitating, I guess that, that I would, I, I hurt in my gut. It was like, my stomach was just in knots and it was just the craziest thing. And and the doctor, I called her, of course, first thing in the morning, she said, Oh, it's, you'll get used to it. It's just a little, this, a little that I'm like, you don't really know what I'm dealing with right now. (sighs) And so we kind of went back and forth trying different medications and so forth. And uh, finally found a doctor who said my cortisol levels were through the roof and she helped me kind of start getting, she even thought maybe I had a tumor on my adrenals because it was so high. So things started kind of winding down and, and, and getting better. And then kind of the depression kind of started kicking back in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I, I went back on the same medication at a very, very, very low dose and Mm -hmm. worked up. And so after almost a year, um, I got my life back. Mm. Was that period of time, I I'm, I'm just want to help someone maybe frame this in a period of time. When you first started it, what was your age, if you can recall? When I first if started. You don't med- mind telling. If you no, I don't mind. Yeah. When I first started the medication? Yeah. Um, 30s? 30s. Okay. And then when you went off of it, when you tapered off of it, were you still in your late 30s? or Yeah, early? early th- it was about seven years later. Okay. And then how long did you stay off of it before you went back on it? Uh, it was about six to eight months because okay. we were trying to figure out if that was causing it, should mm-hmm. I be on it? You know, I mean, it was like, we, nobody had a clue. It mm-hmm. was just like, let's go. Let's just try this. <laughs> I know. And my, and my gut was so messed up. I was going in and having them look at that and nothing sure. was wrong. And okay. So, so this yeah. is that long journey. Mm-hmm. from here to there, which often involves, well, I shouldn't say often, our journey is always spirit, soul, and body, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. there was probably a whole lot going on in all of this chemically and hormonally as well. You mm-hmm. know, body's changing, life's changing, all of those things. But what I admire so much, um, well, two things. Once I, one, I wanted to go back because I think I think, Michelle, you can speak to this. As I know, I've spoken of my journey here on uh, on the podcast of being 40, going through so much and finally, you know, taking Prozac. That's what I took. And I remember my doctor had been I mean, since 16 years old, I had had doctors say, you really need to be on this. You need to be on this. I don't recall why they said that to me at that time. (laughs) <laughs> but they probably knew our family history. I'm not really sure. It was um, I don't remember. But I remember at this 39, 40 year old juncture, what a lot was going on in my life, a whole lot of stuff. 
And uh, remember this doctor looking at me and going, you really need this. I know that you do not have any serotonin in your brain. Why would you not take this? If you needed insulin, Janelle, you would take it. Mm -hmm. I don't understand. He was, he's so dear. He's still one of my dearest doctors to this day, some 21 years later now. And I said, because I teach the Bible, I can't do that. I can't take an antidepressant and, and teach the Bible. Like he looked at me. I remember him looking at me and going, that's the most crazy thing I've ever heard in my life. And I didn't know at that time that I was correct. Like it, it really, <laughs> it really was. It was like, it may, it was nonsensical. Mm-hmm. And this was way before, um, you know, a decade before I went back and worked on my master's in counseling and stuff. So I think this is a very common mm-hmm. thread. You brought up the guilt word. You brought up all of the, the lashing, limiting beliefs, you know, that came at you. And I think to me, um, you tell me if I'm wrong, I don't mind. Is that where you, what it was that struggle, the birthplace of perseverance for you or the birthplace of receiving more of the Holy spirit of receiving more of God? Like how did that? Um, yeah, I think it probably was because, you know, God will take any horrible situation and make good out of it. And I had drawn so close to him. I mean, I I was literally crying out to God 24 seven. You said you would crawl on the floor. When we talked before you were just, you know, really in a complete and utter state of, of, Oh, what's the word? Dependence. (laughs) Misery. Would you say misery? Misery. That's the right word. Yeah. Um, and I think that, that, that closeness just started building this bond that, that just didn't go away, but I've always been hungry for the Lord, but it just intensified, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and I knew in my heart, he hadn't caused it. He hadn't done it. It wasn't, it's not punishment. And he's never done that to people. We can bring on things ourselves. You know, you've got Satan who wants to kill, steal and destroy everybody. You've got, you know, the medicine screwed up. And I, I, we can't blame God for these things that keeps us paralyzed because God didn't do these things, but he will take the garbage and the problems and the messes and he'll turn them for good. So yeah, out of that came this amazing relationship uh, with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. You, you quote Daniel Kalenda live before you die. Victory comes to those who press through severe battles to the other side without quitting persevere meaning per P E R meaning through. Mm-hmm. And then you have severe. Mm-hmm. And I've studied this word for so many years. And like I said, taught it, taught Bible studies on it, all those things. But it wasn't until I, it was just reading your book and seeing that described once again. In fact, the quote is so powerful. Let me read it. This is another Another quote, those who are refined by fire must help others because God has a purpose and a story to tell through you. That's why we go through severe things Mm -hmm. is because this is going to be a way of us. That's a very mature outlook, but a way for us to tell our story. Mm -hmm. And I know that's why you, you told the story, you know, in this book shattered, stirred and shaken. Um, then God showed up again for you. 
Mm-hmm. In and in chapter four, it's my favorite chapter, and it's called Ten Words. Can I read from it just real quick? Oh see. no, I can't because my iPad just died. <laughs> I'm sorry. You Which, read. There's the book. Chapter so four. What are you wanting to read? I was going to just read the beginning of Ten okay. Words and okay. the part where the woman shares those ten words with you. Okay. I'm oh, so happy you have it right there. Yes, I do. 10 words. Come here, I need to talk to you. The voice of a stranger summoned me, an expression of urgency on her face. She stood in our church at the bottom of the staircase in the hallway connecting the sanctuary to the choir room. Ah, we've been there before. (laughs) This This was years before. She tugged on my arm as she reached into the choir line to whisk me out and lead me to the foyer, the same foyer where paramedics would greet me and my husband nine years later. She looked familiar, but we never met. The look in her eyes while she summoned me convinced me I needed to hear what she had to say. As we walked, ceaseless tears continued to stream down my cheeks from worship, my sacrifice of praise, singing songs to the Lord, even during the torment within me. Just as the service was beginning, she said, I was scanning the choir and saw your face. I noticed you were crying. The Lord said her. So I refocused my attention back on you. The Lord said her joy is gone. She is trying. Pray for her joy to return. Hmm. She said she prayed. Next, I heard the word chains. I thought the Lord was asking me to pray that you would not be that you would be bound to him. But then the Lord said to me, Bondage must be broken and freed. Pray for her bondage to be broken. Let her know it starts today. Mm. So the the words she actually gave me, the 10 words were, were your bondage is broken. It'll be a process. Stay faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that once again, heartlifters, <laughs> and if you're new to listening to this podcast, we're talking about the journey of faith. And the journey of faith is one that is filled with God showing up in our life in very zany, crazy ways. Mm -hmm. Miracle moments, you say. You're like avail yourself to these miraculous moments. Pray Mm -hmm. for God to show up. Tell us, you know, we've kind of bounced a little bit out of order in your story, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. where were you and why, like, where were you on this journey from here to there uh, when you were in the choir loft that morning and tears were coming down your face? Were you in the middle of the misery? Is that where you were in that point or? It was starting to wane a little bit. Okay. Um, it was spring the, the misery happened early summer okay. and this was coming around to March, April, somewhere in there. And so I was starting to get myself back a little bit, Mm -hmm. but, uh, but I could still cry at the drop of a hat. And one of the things I did though, it was during this time that I had never been a part of the choir. I was too, too nervous, too scared to be on stage, too shy. And when all this happened, I felt like I needed to be surrounded by the music. So I'm in the choir, even though I was crying half the time I was up there singing. It was just, it was just something I needed. I needed to be surrounded by the worship. So I had joined the choir and there I was. It's just such a word of wisdom, Michelle, because we say all the time in this community, healing does not happen in isolation. No, we need our community. Mm -hmm. This is such a tale of community as well. 
mm-hmm. you know, and it's how I close out my, my new book stronger every day is how we have to have one of the tools that will help us become stronger every day is to be in community, whether you're standing in a choir loft crying more than you're participating, mm-hmm. your body, your mind, your soul, your heart said, you get, you better get surrounded girl. Mm-hmm. And I love that you followed that, that you were keen enough, that you were aware enough, or maybe you weren't even aware, but you were subconsciously aware that I've got to get, how to get some people. I got to get some community around me and I've got to surround myself with music because music is such a beautiful tonic. It's such a beautiful healing power. And so there's so many layers to your story here, but I love that layer so, so much. I also love the layer of one woman, one man, one human exhorting and encouraging another. You said something very powerful about this woman is that you said she looked, right? She looked up into the sea of faces that were up there in the choir and she noticed. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that's powerful. It goes back to Anna, the prophetess to me, mm-hmm. someone once again, who has come to a gathering, a church gathering, not necessarily just to receive. Mm-hmm. I would bet this woman came with this powerful exhortation already stirring up in her. She had spent time during the week reading her, her scriptures, praying, seeking. I'd be my guest. Mm -hmm. You know, so to come to the Sunday morning or whenever it is you come to gather with other believers coming with this heart, that's going to search and look. And she found you, you were Mm -hmm. the one that God wanted her to give that beautiful, powerful healing word to so powerful to me. It is. And I have to give a hats off to that church because Mm -hmm there were so many people who walked with me when I wasn't Mm. any kind of good company. Let me tell you, I was Uh not good company. And I, I, you know, there were many, many, many who walked with me during that Mm -hmm. time. And so my hat's off to them and they will get their crowns in heaven. They were beautiful, beautiful testimony to what it is to be a sister or brother in Christ. Right. And what was most important about them walking with you? What did that well, it's like you said, it's, it's, you can't get through it alone. Uh, for some reason, there was something in me. I'm typically can be at home alone. I typically can go off and read a book or write mm, or right. projects. Yep. When that hit, I did not want to be alone. It was like, I was, it, it, I was so, um, I was so shaken on the inside, literally feeling the shaking that I could not be alone. It was the weirdest thing. And these mm. wonderful people would invite me to do things that I know I was no company to them, but they mm. did it because they knew I needed it. And they really exemplified um, Christ-like behavior during that time. Wow. Did they say anything or do anything or no, did they, they just were present? They would, just, they would be present. They would invite me in to help with projects. Um, they would pray if I needed prayer at that moment. There were days I would literally, if there was a breathing being standing three feet from me, I would walk up and ask them to pray for me. It, mm. I was that desperate. You were starving. You were hungering and thirsting. Yeah, I was miserable and I knew mm. that God was the only answer. I knew wow. it. Wow. So 
We didn't talk about this before, but I'm so curious where your husband was in this journey. Supportive, I know. And I'm, I'm just so happy now that someone's cutting the grass outside. (laughs) We're going to hear that sound. (laughs) Yeah. Um, he was working an hour away from our home. Oh, so that was difficult because Mm. he had long, long days. And so basically I think I said it in the book, I hung out with people during the day as much as I could. And then when he came home, he was, I mean, I was like, like, you know, white on rice. I was like stuck on him, you know, mm-hmm. and his side in the evening. And he was really, really good to pray for me. Oh. And of course he, I, I'm sure he felt helpless. He didn't know yeah. what to do. Right. And so, but he stood by me and, and, mm. uh, and, you know, he would listen to the Lord and sometimes he would feel like the Lord would say, you know, let it go. This is between me and her. And, you know, so he was doing his own thing, listening to the Lord and, mm-hmm. Right. You know, I can't imagine being in his shoes as horrible as right. it would be in mine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. the power of two, right? Two mm-hmm. are better than one. Absolutely. Whether it's a husband, a partner, whoever, mm-hmm. you know, you sought out, you were not afraid to say, pray for me. You were not afraid mm-hmm. and, and, you know, to ask people mm-hmm. for help. And I'm really grateful that the community was there for you. Uh, Uh, your story is so powerful. Uh, one more thing that I wanted to ask you, um, where are you today? Like, where are you in your journey from here to there with medication, with your mental health, emotional health, spiritual health, how has God helped you persevere, get through this journey? And what can you offer to someone who might be on that floor right now in misery? Mm -hmm. That's a big question. I know, but yeah, it's, it's hard to believe it at the time, but time does pass. You do get through things. And, um, I am on medication. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have made an agreement that I will not go off medication. (laughs) Jesus tells us both. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Very good. That's accountability. Yes. And we are open to that because I truly do believe that Jesus is healer. And I truly do believe there have been people who have been healed and Mm -hmm. do not have to take medication. Mm -hmm. And so I am totally, I pray for people to be healed of various things and I've seen them get healed. So I'm totally on board with that. Mm -hmm. But at the time, at this time, the Lord has me on medication and I'm just, I'm going to go about doing his business and, and the exciting thing is, is the gal who gave me the 10 words. Now I'm the person who is out there being able mm. to give words because I'm constantly asking the Lord to give me words for people um, out in the world. And, and it's amazing to see their faces when, mm-hmm. when they realize that the God of the universe had someone come share something with them. And such an encouragement. And so I'm always asking the Lord for those words. And I had a word yesterday for a gal, my sister and I were out to lunch and her name was Sage. Hmm. And I said, Sage, I said, Hmm. the Lord says you're wise beyond your years and that he's given you this wisdom for some things that you don't even realize are coming. And I'm just going on and on. And I said, Jesus loves you very much. I said, do you know Jesus? And she said, well, I grew up Christian, but I kind of believe everything now. And I said, well, Jesus is pursuing you. And Mm. Jesus is the only way to the father. And I said, I hope you will reconsider. And I hope that you will spend some time with him because he is, 
he is diligently pursuing you. So, so hopefully that made an impact. Oh, of course it did. You know that it did. You know, yeah. when you speak healing words, you know, there's death and life in the power of the tongue. There's only two options. So yeah. if you're speaking those healing words, they're life. And I love, this is why I wanted you here because it's natural. It's a natural overflow. Mm-hmm. You know, when we have walked through literally misery, severity, such difficult passages from here to there in our lives, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we are then able to offer the wisdom that we have gained through that dark, dark valley to others. I mean, I know that's why you write books. That's why I write books. That's why we speak truth. That's why we do what we do, Michelle. And I'm just so, so grateful that you have come here today to share your light, your story of light and hope. Mm -hmm. Because I know that we've all lived through this global pandemic and there have been very, very long and, and still forthcoming, I'm sure, periods where we might be on the floor again in misery, just like how long, how long, how long, when, when, when. Mm -hmm. And so I would love for you to leave us with a a word of exhortation, a word of encouragement, if you would, Mm -hmm. and um, tell us where, uh, tell everyone where they can find your book. Okay. And uh, we're going to have you back because you're not only just an author of nonfiction memoirs and for adults, but you write amazing children's books. So stay tuned guys, because Michelle's going to be back and we're going to talk about her amazing children's books, but for today, okay, tell us, give us some, some healing words, some healing words. Well, I will say, um, this is a really simple thought, but if it's not good yet, God's not done yet Mm. because he always brings good out of, out of every nasty situation. And so we can look at that with what's going on in the world. And we can look at that with what's going on in our own lives. And I would say it's never, ever, ever wasted to draw close to the Lord because the closeness that the Lord and I had begin to change my desires, begin to, to, to open my path in life. I didn't know I was going to be a writer and I certainly was not expecting to write children's books. But God, you know, through this whole pathway, God just started redirecting me and shaping me and, and changing my focus and giving me purpose. And it's just been a beautiful journey. Mm. So if you're not there yet, you're going to be there. Yes. And perhaps new unfoldings will be coming, which has definitely been my experience. The unfolding of God's word brings us light and I am just going to leave you with that teaser, Heartlifters, that you're going to have to come back and find out how it unfolded for Michelle that she would start writing and writing children's books. So we're going to hold on to that until our next episode, our next time when we're together and learn more about that part of the journey today. I really wanted you just to share your here to theirs Mm -hmm. and how beautiful and powerful they have been. Thank you so much for being here with us today. You are so welcome. And you can reach me and find my website, michellemccarthybooks.com. And that's one L. One L, but I've got it (laughs) under both if they have michellemccarthybooks.com. And that will be in the show notes. It'll be right here. When we have it on YouTube, you'll see it right here on the screen. So um, you can find more help. And as Michelle said, um, 
she's there to answer any questions that you absolutely have. they can email me on the site and i will get back with them it's so kind of you thank you so much you're so welcome i'll talk to you soon okay i will talk to you later <laughs>